0: Hello, this is the Top Story. I'm Su Yi. A young woman from Taiwan recently found that her trip to her ancestral home on the Chinese mainland was an online sensation. Nearly 10 million people travel across the Taiwan Strait each year before the pandemic, with many of them visiting family, friends or ancestral hometowns. So what's special about the journey of this young woman? Do Hongyu spoke with her. Based on the interview, Hongyu says connections across the strait are more active than she thought. So Hongyu, you talk with this young lady who just found her ancestor's home village. Uh, Tell us more about this.
1: Okay, this girl is named Lailai. She's from Taiwan and she's been working in Beijing. Uh, She loves traveling. So a few weeks ago during the mid-autumn festival holiday, she planned to travel to Zhangzhou City in Fujian Province, that
2: is a southern province in China. When hearing that I was heading to Zhangzhou, my father was very happy and gave me an address of our ancestors. He hoped that I could go to see the place where our ancestors lived. The address is
1: in Shen Tian Village in Zhangzhou City. So the girl, Lai Lai, she searched online about this address, but she got nothing. So she decided to post it on the internet. Mm -hmm. She went to a social media platform called Red, and she posted the address to see whether there's anyone online who could help her find the place. This was the first posting Mm. on that social media platform, but that got over 300 comments from people. Yeah, and a lot of people were offering information that they thought may be helpful. And one of them said, although there's not a Shintian village in this Zhangzhou city, there's a Shintian village. Mm. Maybe she could have a try there. So the person helped her to get in touch with the villagers. Lala really went to that village, the Shintian village. There was uh, someone who was in charge of helping the Lai's families in Taiwan to find their ancestral homes, and his name is Lai Hanzhong. Mm. So Lai Hanzhong helped her to confirm that the Shen Tian which was written in the address, is actually the Tian village because the name has been changed. So this is how the girl found her ancestral homes. And also later, Lai Hanzhong helped her to find the names of her ancestors mm. from the documents in this
0: village Mm, amazing it's like uh, group efforts from also netizens help uh, helping this girl find her ancestors uh, Mm -hmm. home i think she must be excited to stand on her ancestor's land right
1: well sure she is Mm -hmm. um i talked to her like a few days after a trip and i could still feel her
2: excitement I think this is magical, and I was deeply touched and excited. I don't know how to describe my feelings to you, but I think it is cool to be at my ancestor's place. What is beyond my expectation was that she said she kind
1: of looks like those villagers. Mm. She could see herself from the villagers' eyes, their eyebrows, their noses, their mouths. But I think this is easy to understand because they kind of share the same source of DNA. Well, actually, I've also talked to other young people in Taiwan who's also managed to find their ancestral homes on the mainland, and they also shared with me the same feelings. Mm. And they said when they stood on their ancestors then, and that was the point, they realized that no matter how far you've gone, your genes, your DNA is always very honest with you. It tells you where you belong what's more than that is that they said that the village looks like the place that they lived in taiwan for example lai lai said the houses the streets the layout of the village the xintian village really looks like the village she's been living in taiwan
0: Mm. when
2: i entered xintian village I found it resembles my birthplace in Taiwan, probably because they both have Fujian-style architecture.
1: Her ancestors not only brought their family documents there, they also brought their understanding of what a village, what a house should be like to the island. Hmm. So apparently the cultural genes have also been carried on.
0: Very interesting. But like you mentioned, Lai Lai, I guess her father never been to the place. so uh, he maybe know nothing nothing about the exact location. Mm-hmm. So how has this address uh, been passed on through so many generations?
1: Mm-hmm. It's true that her father has never been to their ancestral homes mm-hmm. and that is also why her father really, really wanted her to go to that village. but luckily they have got their a family tree, that paper document in their family, uh, not necessarily her father, her parents, but also in other related families okay. that the relatives of her, like her uncle, is keeping that family tree. Well, the family trees in China may be maybe bigger than what we have expected yeah. because of the really long history of Chinese civilization. The family trees can be very long and complicated. It contains Well, the biggest part is the generational relations, mostly of people sharing a surname, but it's also richer in content. For example, it also contains the clan history who's the origin of the clan and who's the earliest ancestor. It is uh, documented all the way down to the latest generation. Mm -hmm. And also,
2: another important part is the history of migration. My ancestors that moved to Taiwan wrote their names on our family tree and marked that they were the 14th generation. I am in the 23rd generation. She might not be sure why
1: her ancestors moved to that island. If we look at the history in 1662, that is in the late Ming Dynasty and the early Qing Dynasty, Mm. um, after Chinese, the Chinese military leader, Zheng Chenggong, took Taiwan from the Dutch. A lot of people from Fujian province have moved to the island. Okay. Some of them are soldiers and their families and some of them went to the islands uh, because of their own will. Yeah. So yeah, if you take a look at history, there were a lot of people from Fujian who moved to the island in the Qing Dynasty,
0: right? Round after round of uh, mainlanders uh, moved to uh, the, the island throughout the history. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a very interesting part of history when the Qing Dynasty took over the control of the mainland. And Zheng Chenggong, of course, he—I uh, mean—he inherited the reign from the Ming Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And I—I I, I would guess a lots of people follow him to the island. Yes. And I I guess today, Lai Lai is just one of far too many Taiwan people, uh, from people from Taiwan who are interested in their ancestral lineage on the mainland. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, how many Taiwan residents' ancestral homes are actually on the mainland?
1: Uh, according to some statistics, over 90% of people in Taiwan have their ancestral homes on the mainland. Okay. And yeah, over 80% are from Fujian, mm. over 40% are in Zhangzhou city. It is exactly where Lai Lai's ancestors village is located.
0: Okay. So like you mentioned, it, the Lai family, the, it's a big clan, surnamed mm. Lai. And when did Lai's clan members started looking for their ancestors' hometown in, in Xintian village?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, as I mentioned, uh, the person Lai Hanzhong is in charge of helping the clan's families in Taiwan to find their ancestral homes in the village So he told me that in 1987 when Taiwan region Lifted its ban against travel to the mainland. Hmm. He's been seeing Lai's family members from Taiwan every single year
0: okay. Over the past 30 years, we have received over 3,000 clan members in over 100 batches from Taiwan. Some came in groups. Sometimes there are about 100 people in a group.
1: And some of them have settled on the mainland, such as in Fujian province, in Guangdong province, or in northern China. Some came only to find the place and take a look. Uh, there's a temple in the village. It is considered the center of belief mm. for the villagers. The Lai's uh, offspring, they after they came to the village, they would worship their ancestors at the temple. Okay. They would light some incense. They bowed. And they made the incense offerings at the temple.
0: Okay. So like you said, it all started in 1987. It's yes. not very far away. Mm-hmm. So I guess it must not be that easy for those people to come to the mainland to find this place. Uh, what are the difficulties?
1: Well, there are indeed a lot of difficulties. The address in the first place is mostly from the family trees so or older generations. So the paper may have become very old. Mm. First of all, the names of the places might have changed a long time ago, just like the Tian yeah. thing in this example. The original names may only be found in local archives. So this is not open to the public mm-hmm. or on the internet. Mm-hmm. So this makes it difficult for people to find a place based on their own address. The second difficulty is sometimes there are gaps in the family trees for some reasons. For example, some a certain generation may stop like extending yeah. their family tree for reasons like wars or migration natural disasters like earthquake and floods somehow centuries later the younger generation started to pick up the family tree and continue to extend it so that leaves a blank in the family tree Mm. which makes it even harder for the younger generations to find their ancestors to make sure that the names that they found are truly their own ancestors yeah. and also as i said the paper the books may have become old and they have gone yellow so the words may have faded with times all these are the difficulties that Jong have encountered but you told me that they have been compiling a new collection of life's family trees
0: we will also record all of Lai's clan members who have relocated. The collection of family trees will be helpful for our clan relatives in Taiwan or other regions to find their roots. So, as he
1: said, the more information they have about their ancestors, the easier it is for the clan relatives in Taiwan to confirm their roots.
0: Definitely. Mm -hmm. So now they found each other, especially people from the other side of the Taiwan Strait. They found the ancestral roots on the mainland. I was wondering, are there any like regular communication or exchange Mm -hmm. between the village and the clan on on the island?
1: Well, sure. They have WeChat groups. Mm -hmm. Lai Han said, he is in over a hundred WeChat groups of Lai's class, both in the Taiwan region and in Fujian province. Mm. So, whenever he got the request, he would send those information in the WeChat groups to see if anyone can offer some clues. And also, both sides have held a lot of activities mm-hmm. and they would invite each other to take part in those activities. For example, the Xintian village, they would invite the Lai's clan members in Taiwan to their annual cultural festival, Mm. which is aimed to celebrate their special bond, their special relations Mm. with their uh, families in Taiwan. And also the tourism and cultural associations in Taiwan have also invited Lai Hanzhong and his uh, relatives and his uh, villagers to the island to take part in various activities. And also what surprised me is the Lai's families in Taiwan have also contributed a lot to the development of the village in Fujian province. They raised money to repair the temple, Mm. and they've also raised money to build a school Mm. in that village. Mm -hmm. I've talked to another young man, his name is Lai Zhengwei, so he's also a Lai's member. He's also from Taiwan, and he found his ancestral home also in the Qingtian village. He told me he was amazed by what Taiwan's lies have done to the village.
0: It's after I came to the village that I found that a lot of my clan relatives had been here and made their contributions because blood is thicker than water.
1: And both this young man and Lai, Lai said, their families are looking forward to go to this village to take
0: a look. My father had been to the mainland before the COVID pandemic. He'll definitely come to Xintian village once he gets a chance.
2: My father has always wanted to know about the place of our ancestors. When I was little and he was young, he often told me that we're from Fujian and we should pay a visit one day.
0: That, that's very important for me, not just, I mean, the, the ancestral rituals, but actually people who found each other can actually do something for each mm-hmm. other. And that's yes. I, I think that's a very important point. Mm-hmm. And like we just said, families on, on the mainland were also relocated from this part to the island throughout China's long history during different parts of history, different phases of history. And Chinese people, we know, always put families at the first place. We have this long tradition where we're known for our tradition to worship our ancestors, to worship this culture. Mm-hmm. And we're also interested in our ancestral homes. I mean, do, do Taiwan people, do Taiwan residents have a stronger will of doing this compared to like us on the mainland?
1: Well, I think the answer is yes. And here's a ranking that can help us to see how much more people in Taiwan want to find their roots compared with people on the mainland. Mm -hmm. The population of Taiwan region ranks only 24th or 25th among all the provinces on the Chinese mainland. Mm. It's not in the top 20. But the number of family trees, especially paper family trees in the Taiwan island, ranks the third among all the provinces on oh, the Chinese mainland.
2: Okay.
1: Well, this is remarkable, and most of the family trees in Taiwan have been extended in the latest 70 years. They have been not only extended, but also re-edited and renewed. I think this shows people in Taiwan consider the family tree as probably the only link, the only solid link mm between they and their ancestors on the mainland. This shows us that maybe they want to uh, keep a relationship with their roots more than people on the mainland.
0: Okay, very interesting. I also sense there's a difference between people living on the mainland. I mean, uh, people living in the north part of China and the south part of China. I'm not quite sure the reason behind this, but probably I heard more often that people in the south, they cherish this tradition more than us living in the north.
1: Yes, it's true. (laughs) It's because uh, for some periods in Chinese history, southern China were better developed than northern China. And yeah, yeah, people, our ancestors in northern China have been through lots of wars and natural disasters, which may have caused the loss of their uh, connection Mm -hmm. between the people today and their ancestors. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. Mm -hmm. So of course, we know not Just China, for example, North America, people there, they are also interested in searching family trees, their ancestral lineage. It's understandable, I think, because North America, particularly the United States, today's uh, immigrant society, people came everywhere from around the world, for example, uh, like Ireland or uh, Sweden or across. European countries. But still, we Chinese people are known for cherishing family traditions. So a big question here. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What's your opinion? Why do you think Chinese people put that much emphasis on ancestral roots?
1: Well, based on my uh, communications with the Lai's family in Taiwan and in Fujian province, I think the first reason is that this, our concept of family is deeply rooted in our tradition. Mm. It's part. It's an important part of the Chinese culture. So Chinese people care about their ancestors and they worship their ancestors mm. on a lot of festivals and occasions. For example, right. the Spring Festival, the Chinese New Year, and also the Qingming Festival, also known as the Tomb Sweeping Day, mm. um, the Chongyang Festival, which is also known as the Senior People's Festival, People have a lot of ways to show their respect to their ancestors. So I, th- I think this is the first reason, the tradition. Mm. Um, The second reason lies on a concept that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. It's the family styles. It is more about the family traditions, the moral and behavioral standards of a family mm. or of a clan. Uh, for example, in the family trees, apart from the generational relations and the facts about the ancestors. There's also a very important chapter. It's about the family. It's about the family's moral standards. For example, the ancestors told us to be always kind Mm -hmm. to other people, to Mm -hmm. respect the old and care for the younger. They told us to be nice to Mm -hmm. our neighbors, Mm -hmm. our neighboring villages, neighboring provinces, and neighboring countries. Mm -hmm. The ban on drugs and gambling, the importance of education, all of these have been recorded this part of the family tree may differ from one book from one family to another Mm. but basically their ancestors are taking this chapter as an opportunity to make sure that the clan can last and prosper and families today want to take the wisdom from their ancestors that is also an important reason why people want to find their ancestral roots another factor that is important is that Chinese people care about their family and national identities. Mm. It is about where we come from, where we belong. Well, young people may not be interested in thinking back because they're looking for opportunities of moving to bigger cities and Mm. bigger places. But as people get older, they may start thinking about where they belong, where they come from, and who they are. At that time, the family and the national identity really works. That is also why uh, the young people's parents, like Lala's father, really wanted to find the ancestral homes. Mm,
0: that's a very good point. So we just try to learn something, to borrow something, spirits from our ancestors and to mm-hmm. pass on this tradition. And also you made a very good point that the authorities, this is also a top-down thing, because we try to build this identity. So the, the authorities always value the tradition. Of families, the values of the family values. So they, uh, I would say this always been the case throughout China's history, family values, always a top priority for any government. So I mean, talking about today, what is the country doing to connect people with their roots and help us get our family identity?
1: Well, what we have talked about today uh, is more about one clan of one surname in the country, Mm. there's actually over 5,600 surnames in China. Maybe all of them need to find their roots. Well, the country is putting a lot of money into it because just like the Xintian village and what Lai Hanzhong is doing, it's important to make sure that there's a complete collection of family trees. So the country has launched a national project to compile a complete, a huge collection of family trees in the country. This project was launched in 2014 and the book is projected to be published within two or three years. And also the family trees have been protected. There are institutions like museums and like libraries, they are trying to get as many family trees as they can Mm. from the society, not taking the the original copies, but printing them, Mm. uh, making more copies of those family trees. For example, the Shanghai Library, uh, they are receiving donations of family trees every year, about over 300 Mm -hmm. copies every year. This is an important part of what those institutions are doing, try to get as many family trees as they can. Mm. And also, the country is trying to digitalize the old family trees. Persons like Lai Han Zhong, their personal power is very limited. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good idea to put those family trees online so that people can search for the possible information of their ancestors in the database.
0: Very good. So in particular, when we talk about the cross-strait relations, what have been done to promote people to people exchanges and particularly this kind of connections between people across the strait?
1: As we've talked before, people in Taiwan have stronger desires to find their roots on the mainland. And also the mainland is trying to offer as more opportunities as they can to people in Taiwan, especially young people. For example, Uh, Taiwan residents can apply for travel permit or residence permit on the mainland. Mm. If they've got a residence permit, they would get a card that looks like the ID card held by people on the Chinese mainland. Mm. If they have this residence permit, they can enjoy the public services on the Chinese mainland. For example, the school education and public health services and sports services. And especially for young people, the mainland is trying to offer opportunities for them to do business on the mainland. Mm. For example, there are about 80 career incubators for Taiwan's youth across the mainland. By the end of last year, there are more than 4,500 projects in those incubators, mm. which have been operating there. And also, more than 20,000 young people from the Taiwan island have founded their startups or have founded their uh, other job opportunities Mm -hmm. on the mainland
0: yeah indeed a great potential uh, on the mainland for the youth from taiwan yes Mm -hmm. thank you very much
1: thanks for having me
0: an increasing number of taiwan compatriots are taking advantage of online platforms to find their ancestral roots in the past four years a gateway web portal on the mainland has managed to reunite nearly 400 families across the Strait. With the help of the online billboard, a 100-year-old veteran got to sit down with relatives for the first time in 85 years. And in one case, it took just 15 minutes for a request to get a response from the other side of the Taiwan Strait. I'm Sui, and this is The Top Story. See you next time.